Hey there, this is a Shortlist podcast on iTunes, Omni or whatever platform you listen to your potties on. We usually hang out with you from 4pm every Sunday on Sin 90.7. However, we're taking all our bits and pieces and popping them online for your convenience. We are Gloria and Ro, and we're here to introduce you to all your new favourite artists. Hell yeah, we are. We're digging into the inspirations, motivations and stories behind the bands on the way up. So come along for the ride. It's great to have you here. You're hanging out on the shortlist on Sin, and you're here with Gloria. Now that you know a little bit more about Press Club, let's head to the other side of the world and get to know a band called the Amazons. They are a four-piece from Reading over in the UK. After dropping their debut EP, Don't You Wanna, back in 2015 and being featured on nearly every artist-to-watch list in 2017, seriously Google it, they were on a stack of artists-to-watch lists this year, they've just released their debut self-titled album. Lead vocalist Matt Thompson joined me on the line to chat all things the Amazons. We started at the very beginning of their career, learning how the band got together and the significance of Valentine's Day 2014. It was quite a long process. We, me and the guitarist and bassist have been in previous bands for a couple of years around the Reading scene. And I met Joe in a kind of bad-up old pub on the edge of town called Queen's Arms. We were playing an acoustic show and he was playing bass in another band but we got talking and he asked if we wanted to jam and we did and we got together and we weren't great but we kind of knew that it was the right road to be going down in the first place. So um, we kind of started playing with Joe and started doing gigs around, around the Reading scene and then it built up from there really. I just tried about seven or eight different drummers over like a 18 months, two years and they never, it just never worked out and never felt right. But when Joe came in, it felt right. I mean, we were far from being very good, but um, we just knew that if we carried on, we could see a future with, with Joe. You said that you weren't very good when you started out, but when did the Amazons become something that could be a viable pursuit? I think you always wanted to be a viable pursuit, and we always, we always worked from the beginning. Like, I personally never stumbled into it. I always wanted, from the moment I picked up a guitar when I was like 11, like, I'd always wanted this to happen. I always worked for this to happen. But the Amazons... Um, was when we put our first demo online, so we recorded it in Chris's bedroom and we put it on a website called SoundCloud and to start getting emails from record labels and management and all this kind of stuff, as well as interest from, from normal people who were fans and stuff. So that's when we kind of thought, okay, we might be doing something right here. What is the significance of the Valentine's Day show in 2014? It kind of marks the end of this weird phase that we, I was personally going through with me at the time. We were going through... This was at a time where we'd only just met Joe, the drummer, and we were just kind of, we were experimenting with like electronic music, uh, but we were making this music for uh, all the wrong reasons. We uh, we gave up being a guitar band for a little while, for a year or so, and, and kind of headed over to the laptops and just making very, very derivative music, very, we were doing it all for the wrong reasons. It was because we were, we felt we wanted to be popular and successful and and that's the kind of music that seems to be dominating the charts across the world for a long time, the last couple of years. That's what we were trying our hat at. Uh, and then we went to this bowl uh, show at Alexander Palace in London and um, saw the support band Cage the Elephant. And just, I hadn't been to a Rocky for a long time and my mind was pretty much blown. And the fire that was in my uh, my heart for rock and roll was completely reignited. I just couldn't believe that there was so much energy and personality and excitement and urgency from this set and uh, walked out of the uh, the venue afterwards 
kicking myself that I've been wasting all this time on laptops when really uh, my love is for guitar music and rock music and I don't care if it's cool or not, I'm going to do it anyway. This is The Shortlist with Gloria and Ro, introducing you to your new favourite band. You are hanging out on the shortlist here with Gloria on Sin 90.7. That there was Ultraviolet by English band The Amazons. The track featured on their debut EP as well as their recently released self-titled album. The Amazons recorded that album at Assault and Battery Studios in London with Melbourne expat Catherine Marks, who has worked with the likes of Foles, Death Cab for Cutie, Wolf Alice and The Big Moon, just to name a few. Her list of artists she's worked with is absolutely phenomenal. Lead vocalist Matt Thompson let us know about the recording process and why they've taken more than a year to put the album out. It was recorded last April and it's only just been released. After getting nods from the likes of Apple Music, NME, Zane Lowe and BBC Radio 1's Hugh Stevens, Matt also talked to us about dealing with all the buzz surrounding the band and just what he thinks of music critics. It was produced by um, a fellow Australian called uh, Catherine Marks who's uh, done a lot of great stuff from it. She did... Uh, a lot of our singles before we did the album. So we knew going into the album that we wanted to work with Catherine and we'd already kind of developed this relationship where we knew what we wanted to do compared to what we had already done with her. Like, we made it to be a very raw record. So we made sure that we were, um, that it was recorded live and in the same room and Catherine's role really, instead of twisting knobs and plating mics and stuff, was really to kind of get in there with us and draw out performances from us. We would all be in the room and she would put some headphones on and she'd be dancing around and doing everything she can to kind of get the right kind of vibe and stuff. Um, and yeah, Will's, um, Assault and Battery Studios in Wilson is where we did it and uh, we were really lucky to do so because it's such a great studio. Everyone from Soul to the Colors and all these, all these bands and players that had um, recorded there before. So, um, yeah, we were very happy. Was this the first time that you had recorded live? We had uh, recorded live, but there was not as much focus on it. So, for example, like this time around, we spent a lot of time getting the sounds right. Like the drum sound, we would spend a day on that before we even started playing any songs because we wanted a situation where we didn't have to do much in the mix and we didn't have to do much overdubbing. So, what year... Uh, we wanted it to be as finished as possible by the time we finished a four-minute take, basically, um, which is different from previous times where we would we would flash out the song two or three times and then it, all the focus would be on the overdubbing, the multi-tracking, and then the mixing and stuff. It was the opposite this time around. You recorded the record more than a year ago. Was it always planned to hold off releasing it? Really, the plans went as far as um, getting the record done whilst we had a bit of time really last so we recorded it in April last year when we were really quite especially in England we were very under the radar and um, we've just been signed and um, I think the powers that be felt that it was a good opportunity to get the album under our belts and then work from there rather than kind of trying to create interest and then doing an album with you know some kind of pressure on our shoulders and stuff so it kind of worked in our favour to get the songs down and get the album recorded and then kind of work from there and then have it under our belts and be able to put it out when, whenever we wanted to do so and be to 
impaired by anything external. Well, it's fair to say that was definitely the right move because there's been a lot of buzz around this release. Getting nods from the likes of the BBC, QMag and Apple Music, people like Zane Lowe and Hugh Stevens. What do you do with that kind of information? The initial reaction is kind of excitement because everything you mentioned um, was kind of a big part of our musical experience growing up by the BBC and all that kind of stuff. institutions. So it's excitement, but uh, any kind of pressure was alleviated from ha- having the album already under our belt. I think it would be a different situation if we had all these tips and stuff and we hadn't got an album because that's all those things are going to be whirling around your head whilst you're doing a record rather than the way we did it when no one really knew about it or cared. The fan response has been huge, but do you care about that critical response from the media? Maybe a couple of years ago, I would. Uh, I was thinking, you know, I was looked at reviews and went, oh, imagine if I got a bad review or imagine if I got a good review and all this kind of stuff. But it really, I have to say, like, it really um, it doesn't matter as much as I thought it would. It didn't really affect me as much as I thought it would. There's been a lot of mixed reviews about the record, but it's kind of hard to care about three out of ten when your album's connecting with people clearly and is doing well and people are buying it. Like, the only two things that matter to me now is people coming to a show and enjoying it and people buying the album and enjoying it and connect with people rather than some kind of critic. I think, if anything, their role in the industry is kind of diminished compared to where it was 20, 30 years ago where... Reviews could make or break your band. Now they're just fluff. I think they're bordering on irrelevant. You're hanging out on the shortlist. You're here with Gloria on Sin 90.7, where we introduce you to your new favourite artists. You just heard Black Magic by Reading Rockers, The Amazons, from their self-titled debut album. Their lead vocalist, Matt, told me that that is the track that he would use to introduce any new fans to the band because it is a live favourite. It has that big guitar solo right the way through it and a big hooky chorus. So he said that's the one that he would use to uh, tell people what the band's sound is. So I thought I would play it for you because we are introducing you to the Amazons tonight on the shortlist and we talked a lot about the band's influences and where they came from they're taking a lot of influence and inspiration from the albums that made him fall in love with music lead vocalist Matt Thompson told us just what he wants fans and listeners to take away from the Amazons new album and why the band decided to go down the self-titled route let's check it out only base what you want and what you want to achieve and I think your experiences that you've already had and for me um, you know listening to the first Queens of Stone Age Foo Fighters records Radio the Machine you know coming home from school and putting those albums on getting inspired and excited and jumping around my bedroom and loving it so much that I wanted to pick up a guitar and I was inspired to pick up a guitar because I wanted to extend my love for the music and make it myself like that's the only reaction that we're trying to provoke with our music if people will in a couple of years come up to me and say I loved your album so much I picked up a guitar or oh, I wanted to be involved in music or you know I came to some shows and it was amazing it's really inspired me that's the kind of thing that we want to um, well, that's what we want to take out of the record we want people to have an emotional involvement with it like I did with my favourite album Your debut album includes older material as well as newer tracks how do you feel these different moments in time tie together? One of the big reasons why we didn't give it a name other than our, you know, self-titling it. It's because the songs were written over a four or five year period. There was no one name or phrase that we felt that could really sum it up. They tie in together in terms of, when I look back retrospectively, like, it's a journey, really. It's Lyrically, it's a journey between 18 and, and 22, really. It's kind of a growing up record in terms, for me. Lyrically, there's a lot of, lot of questions. 
not an earnest wrestler by any means. And maybe the, the questions that I'm asking aren't ever really going to be answered because I'm older now than I was when I asked the first question when I was 18. And I'm still none the wiser about what the hell is going on with life, where it's going and all this kind of stuff. Sonically, it influenced like, the record. Um, bands like Queens of the Stone Age and Nirvana and Rage Against the Machine really kind of informed the record. It was not really, can't say how we were influenced particularly by um, any new sounds whatsoever. More these albums that really um, turned us on when we were we were younger. That was the ones that we were listening to at the time um, of recording and a bit of the writing and stuff. The shortlist on Sin, where we introduce you to the next big thing.